Stetson Bennett struggled during the preseason. Will he win the job as the Rams' backup quarterback? And who will make this 53-man roster? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your four-time champion Los Angeles Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcast, Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, just past 8,000, trying to get to 9,000, so definitely head over there. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, the Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation, now the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. He's the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's Andrew's eighth season covering the team. And Travis, we have a lot to get into on today's show. He's still unpacking the Rams' final preseason game. What's it take away from Stetson Bennett? Do the Rams need to go out there and get a quarterback? Also, we've got the last round of cuts happening today. What should Rams look forward to? Also, a reminder that this show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, Travis, it's been a very interesting road for Stetson Bent. We're really high on him after his first game. He showed some flashes. You saw the anticipation throws, but last two games have not been pretty. And in the finale, he goes four for nine for 19 yards. He threw two interceptions. He took a sack. He just did not look good. And it feels like he's got a long way to go. If he really wants to be a solid number two quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, there was a lot going on in that game and none of it was good. Um, it, it was I think the first time that I can ever remember somebody getting benched in a preseason game because come into this game, Stetson Bennett was supposed to play the entire first half. Stetson Bennett was supposed to be the guy that got the majority of the reps and get another look at him before the end of the regular or before the end of the preseason and everything that comes along with that. And they hooked him, right? The only thing missing was that long, you know, hook from vaudeville to pull him off the field because he was terrible. There, there's no spinning it. There's no, well, it wasn't as bad as it looked. Yeah, yes, it was. It might have been worse than it looked because there was nothing in there of value. Um, he needs to get a lot better really, really quickly because what you saw in the second preseason game against the Raiders and certainly what you saw in the final one against the Denver Broncos is just not NFL caliber. It's not NFL quality. And We'll see what the Rams want to get done this year. I, I still believe that I'm going to go by what I see and not by what I hear. But if, in fact, they had to play somebody other than Matthew Stafford, right now that person cannot be Stetson Bennett. It's tough not to take that away from the last two games. He does yeah. not look ready. Just look at overall. I mean, four completions and nine attempts, two interceptions right there. That's not going to get it done. And you look at interceptions. Not all interceptions are created equal. A lot of times True. it's on the receiver, right? But those ones not he's these. locking on, he's forcing the ball into tight coverage. He's not identifying the underneath man, not going through his progressions. He just did not look like an NFL quarterback. I mean, we talk about baseball sometimes on the show. A guy can go up there and give you a big league at bat, right? Just didn't. Yeah. 
feel like that from Stetson Bennett. And you look at his preseason overall, he completed 58.1% of his passes, one touchdown, three interceptions, but four dropped interceptions. Okay, we're talking about a guy that could have had a disastrous, a disastrous preseason here. I mean, you're talking about six turnover worthy plays. That was tied with Jake Hayner for the most of any quarterback. So he actually was lucky there. Yeah, no, it could have been far worse that if that first game against the Chargers, those first couple of passes had been intercepted the way that they probably would likely be under normal circumstances. We're talking about did the Rams light their fourth round pick on fire and buy a guy they, they can't play. There was nothing about this that made you feel good, you know, other than the bounce back in that first game and the swagger that Stetson Bennett clearly has. But the swagger is not super valuable if you can't play. Right. If you're not getting the throws that you need to make done, it doesn't matter because if you're just going down a checklist, right? Decision making. No, the decision making was not there. Field vision. No, he's not seeing the whole field. He's throwing it right at guys that until they catch the ball, it's not there. Strong arm. No, he's throwing changeups all over the field. Like, just look at what uh, Caleb Williams did at the Coliseum on Saturday. And I get it, it's different competition and everything else. But he's got a major league fastball, so to speak, right? I mean, that ball's coming out of his hand like a rocket, and Bennett's throwing changeups. It's just there was just nothing about it that says, "All right, that looks pretty good. Let's move on to the next thing." The the raw material, the the the, the presence, sure, maybe, but it was a really rough ride, and I, I can't imagine that any Rams fans saw what they saw and thinking that, you know what, we've got a guy, if number nine can't go, we're ready to go with our backup because that backup's got to be Brett Riffin right now. Yeah, it's tough to be optimistic about what you saw. Like you mentioned, that changeup. I mean, the arm strength on some of those quick out routes, the ones that should have been interceptions. You saw the one on the pick six. It just didn't look good. And there's some times no. when you look at him out there and you're like, okay, this guy looks undersized. You're seeing balls get batted down. You're seeing him force throws and making bad decisions. Like I texted you during the game, he's old enough to know better, right? I mean, Stetson Bennett, yes, he is a rookie, but look, he's someone that needs to just go out there and do what a backup quarterback's supposed to do and not lose the game, right? Live to fight another play. If you're outside the pocket and you're seeing receivers and you're trying to force throws and make panic throws, this is the NFL. This isn't the mm-hmm. SEC where you're at Georgia and you have a perceived talent advantage, right? This is not the case here. You're not going to throw a touchdown every single play. So, yeah, it's definitely disappointing. There's really no way to shake it other than that. I mean, you just have to be honest about it. And I will say that you look at his time at Georgia. You look at his entire career. He's someone who almost hits rock bottom only to figure things out. True. I mean, that's kind of really the story of his career. My granddad used to take my dad to watch Bennett play when he was a little boy at Georgia in the SEC, and he did figure some things out. He went on to win two national championships. Hopefully we get that same trajectory with this team. Yeah, look, I'm not going to bury the guy because he obviously has a great deal of resilience like you're talking about, and he's been in a bad spot before and come back to compete at the highest level. So that that is a good indicator of future success. I believe that to be true. But you said something, DMAC, that I think is incredibly important. His guys were better than everyone else's guys at Georgia. He had an NFL team around him playing against college players. He had NFL talent all over the place. Well, guess what? 
Everybody's an NFL player in the NFL. If you're here, the, the, the talent gap is like this. It's very, very small. So his ability might not be at that high-level NFL ability, which means that they're going to take advantage of him. The equation's completely flipped. Instead of him being on the high side of the talent equation, he's on the low side of the talent equation. And I don't know what you do with the arm strength that we saw. I don't know what you do with the, the things that are just straight physical issues that he is small. He had balls deflected at the line. He was having trouble seeing the field because the offensive line is big and he's not. I don't know how you fix that stuff. The, the vision, the reads, those are things that can come along with some experience. But just the straight physicality of it all sent up a bunch of red flags. Yeah, and if you're the Rams, you're moving forward. I think you're saying, okay, let's see what we have in this guy. I think that you pretty much hope is not a strategy, right? And if you hope that he's going to be a future QB1, that's definitely not the case. I think a solid backup quarterback probably is the ceiling for him, at least right now, until he proves otherwise. And if you look at what else is out there, I mean, I think Rippon, he's someone you have to strongly consider keeping on the roster. There's names like Colt McCoy. You've got... Mariota could be available at some point. Wentz is out there. Will Greer. I mean, there are some backup options. I think, though, for this team, if he's ever in that situation, I always say, you know, you have to have their, your preseason goggles on. If he's in there, right. he's going to be out there with the top receivers, right? The top offensive line. He's going to have a better chance to succeed. Also going up against the starting defense, too. So there's that as well. But in your opinion, you think you go out there and consider maybe adding a quarterback? I think you said an interesting name. I mean, and again, like for all the reasons that we've talked about, it's the preseason. So take it with, you know, not a grain of salt, but I don't know, a, a boulder of salt. But Will Greer looked really good. And, yeah. and that's a player that you kind of look and say, okay, maybe there's something there that you might want to experiment with a little bit. Brett Rippon's played in the NFL. Brett Rippon can be a, your, your backup quarterback. He's going to go out there and give you what is probably a fairly typical backup NFL experience. Uh, you know, to your point, Doug, of whether or not he makes the team, I don't know how he doesn't. I, I don't because, you know, they're, they're playing a game in about 13 days, for you know, 12 days. They're not going to – whoever they bring in is not going to be ready to go in 12 days. Brett Rippon, if Matthew Stafford got hurt on the opening drive against Seattle and you got to go to somebody, it's got to be Rippon. It can't be Bennett. No one else is going to be ready to go. So I think he makes the team, whether he's the backup quarterback by week 8 or 9 or 10, I don't know. But I can't imagine that he's not QB2 when we go to Seattle here in a couple of Sundays. Yeah, I agree. In my opinion, I would say, hey, let Bennett get as many reps as possible if you need him in that situation just to see what you can get from him in 24 yeah. and 25. And I think that if it gets to that point, you're pretty much already at a bad stage in this season. It's really gone south, so might as well see what you have. So I'm not selling all my stats in Bennett's stock. I still think there's a chance that he figures things out and he's a solid backup quarterback. But yeah, the early returns aren't good. I'm not going to sit here and take a victory lap, though, Travis, and say that I said back during the draft that the Rams should have taken Dorian Thompson Robinson <laughs> at UCLA. I'm not going to sit here and do that. No one likes that I told you so, guy. I won't sit here and do I that do. saying on April 28th, the episode at the 928 mark, I begged the Rams <laughs> to take DTR. I'm not going to do that, Travis. So, hey, we're going to be fine. Let's just hope Stafford stays healthy all year. But, Travis, <laughs> yeah. coming up on our next segment, we had our first round of roster cuts and we're going to talk a little more about this roster coming up next on locked on rams
Don't ever let anybody say they don't like the I told you so guy. I love that guy. We'll, we'll yeah, get okay. back to him in a second. All right. Uh, every single year, I'm responsible for getting all of the tickets together for my family. We go to the Rose Bowl every single year. And it's stressful and it's hard and you're worried about it, right? It's not supposed to be like that, right? Buying tickets for your favorite events should not be stressful. And with the Game Time app, it doesn't have to be. Flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, whether it's a concert, a playoff game, a local game, whatever it is, they got you covered. You can see the image of that seat that you're buying right there on the app. You got the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. You got yourself covered. Forget plan in months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts theater you name it snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase that's the code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase on that game time app now travis here in our second segment we had our first round of cuts the Rams ended up cutting 14 players. Some names to note, I think the number one has to be Lance McCutcheon based yeah. on the preseason he had last year. During this preseason, he had an opportunity to say, maybe I can build on that, make the team again. I think you consider the depth they added, the rookies they drafted. It was going to be difficult to make this team, but he had one catch for seven yards in the Rams preseason finale. He had three catches in three games, one catch per game. That's not going to get it done. Any takeaways from McCutcheon getting cut? Not a huge surprise. It just didn't happen for him this way, the way that it did the previous season. That, you know, if you're a player like Tyler Johnson, if you're a player like Lance McCutcheon, the way that you're going to turn heads is by making big plays in these games and finding ways to kind of impact your team in a meaningful way. They didn't, you know, and Lance McCutcheon did a year ago. He didn't this year. I think something else that kind of maybe worked against him a little bit is when he did get an opportunity to play during the regular season last year, it, it didn't pop. It did. It wasn't bad, but it also wasn't good. It just was kind of out there and, and he just didn't really make an impact. He didn't make you say, oh, wow, that's a, a little bit of a flash play. So I agree with you, DMAC. I think that if you're going down the list of names, that's the one that might make you stop and go, oh, okay, that he, he had a chance coming into the season to make that team and, and that he didn't is not a huge surprise. It just He just never got on track this year. Yeah, I just don't think that there was anything that he was going to be able to do during no. this preseason to overcome how he looked when he got his opportunity last year and he struggled to get separation. So I felt like it was a formality, especially when they signed veteran receivers like Johnson, Demarcus Robinson, and yep. you bring in Puka Nakua. I just thought yep. that there was no path to him making this roster. I will and say he's kind that of a one trick guy, too, that, that you look at a guy like Ben Skoranek, right? And we'll see whether he makes it or not today. I think that he probably does. I think that he's on the team because he does a variety of things right you can line him up in a fullback position you can use him almost as an h back in certain spots we can you can hand him the ball you can do a bunch of different things with him maybe he's not the best player on your roster at that position but he's a versatile player and a guy like McCutcheon really didn't have that versatility so I think that's why you know you just if you're going to be a one type of receiver you better be a very very good one and make an impact and unfortunately he was just one of many that they had that can do that 
Yeah, and I agree with you. I think Sko is 100% safe. You mentioned versatility and being dynamic, a guy you can use as a blocker, a guy you can use as a, out of the backfield. So he will make this team, I think. The interesting conversation when it comes to receivers room right now is do they take six or seven? And it feels like McVay is indicating they're going to go with six. I think it's Cub, Jefferson, Atwell, Puka, Skaronic, Demarcus Robinson at the end of the day. And Tyler Johnson is a guy who, look, I mean, he looked like this year's Lance McCutcheon as far as their most productive receiver, someone who made Stetson Bennett look pretty good. Stetson should take him out for a nice little steak dinner at some point to really reward him for the catches he made for him, right? So I think you look at Tyler Johnson, I don't think he's going to make it either. I think if they're going to take six, I think Demarcus Robinson, he's someone who's a really good blocker. He also can play the X position, provide mm-hmm. some depth behind Van Jefferson. I think today one of the cuts you're going to look at is Tyler Johnson, some guy who probably won't make this team on the 53-man but could be brought back at some point. I, I think that you're probably right. I think that last spot is down to him and Demarcus Robinson. I think those are the two guys that are because I think everybody else is comfortably inside the line. I think everybody else is somebody that does make the team. It could come down to whether or not somebody is a special teams player, potentially, whether or not somebody can do can return, you know, just those little extra things that you might have over the other guy. Um I, I really do think it's a bit of a coin flip. Forced to pick, I think that Robinson probably makes the team, but I wouldn't be, you know, knock me over with a feather if it's actually Johnson. I, th- I think it's going to be a very tough call for them if they do, in fact, only go for six. And, you know, it's a weird position for the Rams because after Cup, the drop off is pretty significant, but the drop off after Cup, everybody's kind of the same. You know, Van Jefferson's obviously your two. I think Atwell gets a chance to be the three out of the gate, but. Uh, other than Cup and Jefferson, I don't think anybody else has a, a stranglehold on their spot. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that take for sure. I think you got Nakua, maybe not the beginning. They're going to give the runway to 2-2 two, yeah. two based on where he's at as far as his development. Then Demarcus Robinson could be WR4 and someone that, if he gets on the field, makes a few big plays like we've seen during training camp and his chemistry mm-hmm. with Stafford. It's going to be tough to keep him off the field if he's productive. I like his experience and the fact he's a true veteran out there going out there and could get the job done. Now, other guys, I mean, Karen McDonald, Anya Lebechi, linebacker, Tyon Davis, Tamarcus Davis, he was getting torched in their yeah. second game. Vincent Gray, Tanner Ingle is one that, look, he's someone, he made the most of his opportunity. He played 29 snaps of those three in those three games. He had a sack, two tackles. He seemed like he had a nose for the football. He was very active. I think he was someone that could have had an impact on special teams. So he's someone that, yeah, he's an odd man out. You got Jordan Jones. You got Braxton Burmeister, who sounds like a comic book character. You got Christian <laughs> Sims, Taron Vincent, Sean Madgen. I mean, are these, are these guys anything stick out? Any reaction? No. I, you know, yeah. I, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody, but those were the guys that you envisioned being cut. Again, this is not a team that is loaded with talent. This is not a team like you go through these lines and hopefully all these guys find something, you know, to, to somewhere else to play another, another roster to land on, whether it's on a, on a 53, whether it's on a 48, whether it's on a taxi squad, whatever it may be. I hope that they all land on their feet and it works out for them. But this is not going to be a stampede to the Rams facility to pick these guys up after the Turk takes them out. Right. This is, this is just one of those things that, You know, it is what it is. The Rams are a team that has a certain level of expectation coming into this season. They weren't overly talented, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that this is this is about what we saw coming. And I don't think you're going to see a bunch of these guys land on other teams. 
That's a really good point. That's always an indicator of how talented you are. I mean, for the Philadelphia Eagles, those players are probably going to get poached, right? When you look at the depth, I, I did did the exercise yesterday of side-by-side comparing this roster with the 2021 roster. And there's a very big, significant drop-off. We'll do what you and I like to do on this podcast. The everyday will recognize this. I'm going to use the Dodgers as an example. You go around the Dodger roster, how many of those guys, the regulars that they play, those 12 or 13 guys that play very, very regularly, how many of those guys would play on other teams? All 12 of them. All 13 of them, every last one of those guys would play on another team. Do the same thing with the Rams. If they got 22 regulars, how many of those 22 guys play? Maybe seven or eight? It's a it's it's a totally different dynamic. And I get it. Not everybody is going to have the best player at every position that you got to maintain a bunch of different things that are going on in here. But this is, you know, look at the defensive side of the ball. The Rams won the Super Bowl two seasons, two seasons ago, not 20 seasons ago. Two. They have exactly two starters from that team that are on this team on the defensive side of the ball. You've got Ernest Jones and Aaron Donald. The turnover is fast. They're very young. They're in the midst of restocking the cabinet with their talent. And this is going to be the first, well, maybe the second season of just kind of figuring out what you have. And that's life in this league. It's, you don't stay great forever. Hopefully the, the lows don't last long, but I think that, that they're potentially in one of those spots right now. A hundred percent. I think we'll probably use that as a topic in the next few days, because I don't know if you saw this where Bill Belichick said that it's tough to just continue on with the Rams model where you're trying to go all in every year. That's not a sustainable model for obvious reasons. And that's really not, that's why I'm not really upset because we won the Super Bowl. You have the mission accomplished. Now the next step is kind of, like you said, filling up that cupboard, trying to see who you have next year when you have the cap space when you have the draft capital. So hopefully you keep this minimal and you add another run to this core. Now, other names, that could be names you see cut today. AJR Curry, Royce Freeman, your Oregon Duck. He's probably going to be the odd man out. Tyler Johnson, we talked about. He's definitely on the bubble. Deswan Johnson, I think he's someone who flashed. You saw that strength. I think he screams practice squad right now. Laurel Murchison, Kier Thomas is someone who's very productive, but could he be the odd man out? Zach Van Valkenburg, unfortunately, you can't make a team on your name alone. So we'll see. I mean, those are names that you really got to be looking for for today. Yeah, I, I think that those are probably likely. I think the one, the guys that have maybe a slight advantage over some others or some maybe guys that can at least potentially go get the quarterback, that's a position that they have some need at. So if 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 you have that skill set in your bag, maybe you're more likely to stay than not, but I think you're mostly right. Yeah, and I think with that, they're going to be monitoring closely the waiver wire, who becomes available after cuts. If they want to add a veteran, go that direction. I think they will. But coming up, how much do you take away from the Rams 0-3 preseason? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. And welcome back to Locked on Rams. Thank you for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked on Rams, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our third segment, we have to talk about the preseason as a whole because it was not pretty for the Rams. They go 0-3, and not only that, offensively, if you look at the grades, PFF gave the Rams a 53.5 offensive grade, a 50.5 defensive grade. Those are worse than the NFL. Passing grade was at 34. That was the lowest in the league. And also, defensively, a 49.7. That was low. And then, to add... 
insult to injury, a 40.3 special teams grade. That was 5.9 points lower than any team in the preseason. So I always say, look, preseason goggles, we get that. When you watch the preseason, to me, I always say it's like going to a school play and your kids aren't even in it. You're not even watching your kids in that school play, right? So it's not the real team. It's not the team you're going to be watching, but still, it was not pretty for this Rams team. It wasn't. And, and any spin on it is dishonest and disingenuous. It was not good. It didn't look good. It wasn't good, right? There's no spinning it. Now, there are some things that you got to put into the equation that are mitigating factors to some degree, which is they weren't trying to be good. They weren't trying to win these games. They weren't trying to get their best players reps in these games. Sean McVay doesn't give a damn about the preseason as far as the results of the preseason. He's looking at it very differently. He's looking at it for what may be able to help him when these games actually start to matter. It was ugly. That that final one, the 41 to nothing one, was just, it was, you know, it was a meaningless game played poorly. So, it I mean, it's a double whammy, right? So it was really hard to watch. The games against the Raiders and the Chargers weren't much better. So I get it. There were some bright spots. I think that we saw that Steve Avila is an NFL player. We saw that during this preseason. We saw that Trey Tomlinson is an NFL player, that Puka Nakua is an NFL player. So when you go to some individuals, you can feel pretty good. Ethan Evans, I think, is an NFL punter. We, you know, he, he once after he stopped out kicking his coverage and it came back, I thought that he did a really good job. There were some other guys that did not that I'm sure that we can get into as well. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. I think that's the only thing you can glean from preseason is if you get positive takeaways like yes. Steve Avila, like Trey Tomlinson, like Puka Nakua, if you get that great, you say, okay, these are young players that we think we hit on. These are guys that we think can be meaningful contributors. That's awesome. But on the same token, on the flip side, if you see players that are bad, that's also good because it's part of the process of yeah. trimming the fat, of really identifying who's going to be on this team. So I don't think that, yeah, they lost when we get it and the optics aren't great we understand that but i think it's all about player evaluation of the guys that are in there because a lot of this evaluation is taking place during these joint practice sessions during practice sessions and the way that sean mcveigh uses preseason you're looking vanilla coverages they're not going deep into the playbook so you have to consider that as well so yeah of course anytime your team wearing that helmet that you like that jersey that you like and you look at the scoreboard it doesn't feel good but it's right. a part of the process it's a necessary evil and i will say in 2021 what happened we went 0-3, went on to win the Super Bowl. So, hey, get your tickets. Super Bowl's in Las Vegas, February 10th at Allegiant Stadium, Rams fans. <laughs> yeah, you maybe want to think twice about that, but I understand the point. I look, there. I, I like what you said, and I want to go back to something. about. There's one thing about joint practices. There's one thing about training camp, but there is something to be said about let's put on our uniforms, let's turn on the lights, let's turn on the scoreboard, and let's play a real game. And I'll, I'll use this as an example. Tanner Brown, uh, Tanner Brown didn't miss a kick during workouts. Tanner Brown did not miss a kick during practice. Tanner Brown probably got himself fired on Saturday night. Tanner Brown probably got himself off of the Rams roster and doing whatever it is that he's going to go do for the rest of his life because it's not kick in this league. He missed two shorties. It can't happen. So these are the things that you learn during the NFL season, right? Or the NFL preseason. You figure out, you know what? We thought it was one thing. It's not because that's not something you can feel good about going into a game against. I mean, think about it. Seattle, San Francisco, Cincinnati, right out of the shoot. That's an incredibly tough three games. The last thing you want is a 38-yard field goal with a chance to steal one of those. 
and he misses it by 10 yards. It just You can't do it. So there is some information there. There are some things that you can learn and hopefully fix in the short term, but the overall results of this pre- results, I should say, of this preseason were, you know, you found some guys, both you found some guys that can play. You've got some information on guys that maybe can't and you move from there. Exactly. And you look at the preseason. It's not the outcome. It's how players perform when they were in the game. I mean, yep. You bring up Ethan Evans. He's someone who has a big leg. He can give you booming punts. And the flip side, Tanner Brown, it looks like. He's not going to be able to cut it, at least as of right now. And it's very different to make kicks at the NFL level than at the college level. It's just the pressure is immense, and we understand that. And I think, too, I mean, look, tell these guys that are on the fringes. I mean, we just talked about depth, right? A lot of the guys on the margins, they're winning jobs during the preseason. And the better teams in the league, they have depth one through 53. So, yeah, tell that to guys like Lance McCutcheon that the preseason doesn't matter. I thought when you look at the score, they were going to start cutting guys during the games and they were going to go to sideline reporters and say, Lance McCutcheon has been cut. He already <laughs> set the job with the with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the CFL or something like that. That's how bad it was. But you have to realize that these coaches, they're not focused on that. And, yeah, it's not a lot of great momentum heading into the preseason. But let's not forget. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. Big three didn't play. A lot of the starters didn't play. I still think this team, there's a quiet confidence about them knowing that their top-end talent is so significant that they're going to have a chance to win them this season. We're going to have a totally different conversation uh, to, you know, two Mondays from now. Right. The, after the Seattle game, when you and I come back in here and we're talking about it after week one, whatever happened in the preseason, we, we won't even remember it. It won't even matter. What we'll be talking about is, was the offensive line better? Was Matthew Stafford healthy? How did Cooper Cup look? How big of an impact did Aaron Donald have? Does Cam Akers look like the pack that we saw at the end of the season last year? We're going to be talking about all the guys. So this stuff won't matter nearly as much. Now, whether they're good or not, We'll find out. We, you know, they're going to play for real here in a couple of Sundays. But uh, all of this stuff and roster building is is important. But once we get to the stuff that matters, we're going to talk about it a lot less because the stars, the names that we know, game plans, schemes, the coaches that we know are going to be far more involved. Exactly. We're just getting started. By the way, the cheapest ticket to the Super Bowl right now is $4,028. So get on that early Rams fans. I'm just playing. But yeah, (laughs) that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. As always, you can follow the People's Champ, Mr. Travis Rogers, on X at Travis Rogers. Until next time, whose house is Locked on Rams house?